Good morning, everybody. I hope you're doing great. It is so beautiful outside, and uh, I hope you're enjoying this beautiful weather. I'm, I'm really liking it a lot. So good. How many of you just need a little more coffee? You'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> it's so good to see you, and uh, we welcome you to Timberline and both of these auditoriums. Welcome. And uh, we want you to feel at home. If you're a guest today, it can be awkward to be a guest at a new church. We, we really get that. But uh, hopefully the biggest thing we want you to know is just you're, we're, we're glad you came. And make yourself at home. You can only visit once, okay? After that, you are just part of us. And so uh, if you are a guest, there's a connection card. It looks like this. It's in the chair back in front of you. And uh, unless you're on the front row, then it's right behind you. And just take a minute to fill that out. Give us your email address. Check any of the boxes on the back of this card to win $500 this week. We have a... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you want some uh, ideas and concepts and just some stuff about the ministries that go on at Timberline, if you check those boxes, here's what we do. If you put us a, a legible email address, we will email you some information that you've asked for. And you can read it at home. Hey, there are many great Bible-believing churches in our community And we want you in one of those churches. So if it's not here, that's fine. But get in a church where you can really make a difference in the kingdom of God. And if you feel like God's leading you here, great. Make yourself at home. Ask questions and uh, join the journey that we're on. Um, Take out your bulletin if you would. I hope you received one when you came in. If not, just take your neighbors. They can look at it later. You'll be fine. But, but please read through this. I don't stand up here and make a bunch of announcements because we want you to read it, but there is so much going on. It's kind of retreat season, so with our, our, our middle school retreat, parents, get your kids there, high school retreat, our marriage retreat's coming up. Bonnie and I are there this year, looking forward to that with many of you. Just going to be a great time. So please read through. Everything on here really matters. And there's some on the back as well, 13 tables in the mall this weekend, so hopefully you can... Uh, read through that and get connected. I, uh, I just want to give you some good news. We like good news around here. And I, I updated you last weekend with the amount of money you gave toward one day to feed the world. Our offering, a couple of weeks ago, we took an offering for the marginalized, the poor, the needy in the world, and for crises that happen in countries for first responders. Convoy of Hope is a first responder ministry that goes in now they're they're everywhere in the world where there's a disaster convoy is there we partner with them by taking an offering we ask people to give one day's wage one day's salary a, a, a year to convoy of hope and to the ministry like this and it was it was right at 125,000 last weekend and some more money has come in and it's right at 142,000 now so would you just give god praise for that it's a it's a huge thing it's really powerful and, and here's what I like the best, and you need to know this, because when you give it to Convoy, um, they have corporate sponsors that turn every dollar into $7 worth of food and merchandise. And it's for real. I've been to their warehouse and see, and they, I mean, it's big name sponsors. So what happens is that 140 uh, some thousand dollars, have, just because of Timberline Church and your investment, will turn into just over $1 million dollars in food and services in kind. And I think that's really significant for us to be a part. When you wake up and you see on the news that an earthquake has hit somewhere or a flood has gone somewhere, you can immediately know you are there if you participated in this offering. Because a lot of people want to do something, but they don't know what to do and they don't know who to trust. 
And I really am proud of, you know, in the right sense of that word, I'm grateful that we have found a ministry that we can partner with that makes a difference. So enough of that. I want to introduce a new pastor on our pastoral team, uh, Pastor Adam Muse and his wife Marquetta. They are our new children's pastors, and they have three boys. Their boys, um, the oldest is Elijah. And then next is Mark Eden, and then Aiden. And they're all going to come up here. <laughs> He's waving at you. That's a good thing. Come on up for you guys. We've been on a search for quite a while. And uh, Aiden, have you just about had enough of this? Yeah. <laughs> One more, buddy. <laughs> if it doesn't work, just take a good look now. Because if they can't stay up here, we understand. But... <laughs> Not happy. How many of you, that's what you look like this morning when you got out of bed? <laughs> Greet us. Adam, we're glad you're here. We are glad to be here. Hello, Timberline Church. <laughs> so good to see you all. Um, you know, as much as Timberline Church, <laughs> I know they're still on the show. <laughs> as much as Timberline Church has done their due diligence to find us, we have also to... <laughs> find you guys. We've been on a, a journey for about a year and a half looking for a church home to be at and uh, to just minister to kids and families. And we that's kind of how we're wired is we love to worship with kids and families and connect families together. And uh, we're just so excited to be here to uh, grow up your spiritual champions and help you in, the, in raising them up as spiritual leaders. So, um, And my wife, my wonderful wife, Marquetta, is going to greet you as well. Uh, good morning, Timberline Church. We really are thrilled to be here, and um, yeah, it's been an amazing process for us, just like with you guys, and we're excited to come get to know your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, cousins, your children, and have our children grow up with all of your family members and make this one big happy family, and and, um, we're just so thrilled to be here, so thank you and God bless you. These guys come with a lot of experience. Um, They've been children's pastors full-time in some really great places, just uh, large church settings. They understand what it means to lead leaders and uh, develop them and recruit them. So we just we have a great couple here in the Muses, and I want us to pray for them, and then I want us to welcome them here. So Pastor Scott has been in this role, and I know you're relieved to get some help here on the ground, but lead us in prayer and thank God for the Muses. All right. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your presence. We're so thankful for what comes with your presence, and that's your love, that's your patience with us, that's your provision, that's your guidance, your direction. And Lord, we stand here on this stage with this young family, Lord, knowing that that is part of your plan. So we say thank you for that, and we ask your blessing over them, your protection over their marriage. Keep them strong. Be with them as parents, Lord, as they parent these three high-energy boys that they love so much. And God, we're thankful for them to be here representing family. And we welcome them into our family, Lord, here at Timberline, and we look forward to seeing them impact the children that we have here in our community and in our church. God, we give them to you. We ask your blessing over them now. And all of Timberline said, Amen. Would you please welcome the Muse family, Adam and Marquetta, Elijah. <laughs> oh, so fun. You've got to love that. How many of you are just glad you don't have little kids anymore in your house? <laughs> That is so fun, really fun. We've got some good days ahead, you guys. We're in a series. We started last weekend, if you're joining us for the first time, in Ecclesiastes. It's called The, the Facts of Life. It's, uh, it's going to be a, a challenging series, but I think a really good one. And, and it's uh, the diary of a guy named Solomon, the king of Israel who lived in Jerusalem. 
And we're looking just chapter by chapter each week at what he says and weighing it against our lives. And what are the takeaways? What can we learn? How can we grow? I've called this message this weekend, What Happens in Vegas Doesn't Stay in Vegas. <laughs> How many of you know that's true? Okay. So, so what is it, you guys, that why would that be a slogan? I, I can just see, you know, uh, entertainment world coming up with a slogan to get people to come to Vegas. And this gets thrown out on the table. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Why would that be appealing? Why would that be something that would be a national campaign that you and I are even talking about that phrase today? Could it be that there's a little something in everybody that wants to just go off on the wild side? Could it be that that human nature has a pull in us to once in a while just give caution to the wind? And they're trying to capture the idea that you might just need a weekend to let it all go And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But how many of you know that's a lie? And unfortunately, and fortunately, it's a lie. Because what happens in our lives and the decisions that we make have consequences. Now that at first seems like a negative statement, but I want to tell you, I don't view it as a negative statement. Because if you plant good seed, you're going to have good consequences come because of the decisions that you make in your life. And so we have some work to do today. Um, I want you to take out your outline. Matter of fact, when I saw this outline last night, when I got here, I went, whoa, that's a lot of blanks, but we'll make it. Okay. We'll make it. But before we start filling in the blanks, I've got to give you the idea of, of who Solomon was and especially his wealth. Okay. So let me just out of first Kings four, if you want to read how Solomon ruled and reigned about his life, you can go back to the Kings and read it. But the daily food requirements for Solomon's family and his employees in the palace in Jerusalem were 150 bushels of flour, 300 bushels of meal, 10 oxen, 20 cattle, 100 sheep, as well as deer and gazelles and chicken. Every day. Every single day. That is a lot of food. And that's a lot of people. I can't even imagine that. The Bible gives us a glimpse into his riches, okay? And this is just the gold. The Bible doesn't go into all his other riches, which he had, it's probably times 10 what this is. But just the gold alone, his annual salary in gold was $1.3 billion. That's, just to put it in perspective, that's $3.6 million a day. How many of you could live on that if you worked at it? Just, just kind of make up a nice budget and live on that. Solomon tried it all. There's nothing held back. He's going to tell us that in a minute. He had 700 wives. Guys, can you imagine this? Ladies, can you imagine this? He had 300 what they called concubines or mistresses. And, I mean, he, he, he's just in Pleasureville. He's trying everything he wants. And here's the fact. He suffered greatly at the end of his life because of those decisions. It was never God's will for him to have 700 wives or 300 concubines. It was never God's plan for Israel. Matter of fact, many of those ladies from other countries got Solomon to worship idols. This made God angry. And 
the wrath of God came. Israel lost its influence. There's the rest of the story after what we're talking about today. But that's another time. What I want to talk about today is the fact that there are consequences to our actions. And we need to be careful about the decisions that we make in our lives. Number one in your outline, it's pretty simple. But Solomon jumps out and it's this, pleasure. Solomon simply follows the voice in his head. He gives caution to the wind. And he says, I'm going after everything that feels good. If it feels good, do it. He literally lived this. And it's so important for us to fully understand that if you and I would say that, we might not be able to truly experience everything we could imagine because we don't have the means to do it. Solomon had the means to bring every pleasure he could think of to himself. So keep that in mind as we walk through this. Verse 1 of Ecclesiastes 2. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. A few years go by and we have this statement. But I found that this too was meaningless. See, Solomon's writing this diary after he has experimented. So, so sometimes you read just a little statement like that and it's like he, he messed around for a day. And decided this isn't what I want. But no, years. He was in this for years. And you'll see that as we walk through it. Um, what do you think it means when people say, I just threw logic to the wind and went for it? <laughs> Anyone ever tried that? It's, uh, it's fun to think like that sometimes, isn't it? It's fun to have a dream where you just say, okay, I'm not going to be so cautious. I'm not going to be so logical. I'm just going to let it go. Whatever my mind thinks to do, I'm just going to do it. Now, the problem with that is, how many of you are living with consequences from those decisions? <laughs> See, we all have moments when we probably say, oh, if I could just go back. That voice in my head is not always the best voice to follow. Is it possible that sometimes today's pleasure is tomorrow's pain or trouble? It's really true. And, and we've got to understand this and we've got to think about this today. Solomon tried everything in life that he thought would bring him pleasure. Number, or uh, the fill in the blank there under that point is this. This can lead to disaster. This can lead to disaster. And that's really what happens to Solomon. Let's, let's pay attention to which voice we decide to follow in our head. And then the second point in your outline is laughter. It's interesting what Solomon says. Solomon discovers that even this too can be, can be hollow. That it's wonderful to laugh, and he does. He actually hires people to make him laugh, the best in the business. But he says this in verse 2. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? And he's talking about laughter being pleasure. Now, I like to laugh. You know, we, we like to, to laugh. I think funny things happen in life that we should enjoy laughing at. As a matter of fact, I read an interesting statistic when I was researching for this message. The top ten comedians in America, the top ten in America, have pocketed $165 million in 2010. Just the top ten. Why? Because we like to laugh. Bonnie and I have done it. How, how many of you have ever purchased a ticket to go watch comedy? You know, it's amazing how many people have. 
because we enjoy laughter. And, and I still I still think of some of the lines and some of the stuff, and I go, that was funny. You know, That's why we tell jokes. It's why we create jokes. It's because there's something in us. The Bible even says laughter is like a medicine to the soul. And so there's something really powerful about laughter. However, Solomon found out that just living to laugh left him empty. It left him unfulfilled. God has wired us to be people of destiny which demands something greater than just laughter in order to fulfill us. So let's remember that. Let's keep that in mind. Number three, and this is where, boy, this gets, this gets a lot of us. Overindulgence. You know, Solomon learns that this can lead to addiction. And he's about to make a statement that we should pay attention to in verse 3 and some of the things he did. After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. Solomon went on quite a journey to grow the best wine ever in history. Now you need to understand this. Most scholars totally agree on this. This wasn't Solomon just getting crazy on a weekend and getting drunk and rolling down the hill behind the palace. This was an adventure that he went on that took years. He, we're going to read in a minute. He's growing vineyards. He's building lakes. He's, he's doing architecture. He's saying, I'm going to develop, I'm going to become the greatest connoisseur and wine builder on the planet. And he gives himself fully to these types of pleasures. Some of them are sinful, but many of them are not sinful. Some of them are wonderful. But he gives himself fully to them. I have a question for you to consider. What is it in us that if we find something that we sort of, we, we have a little bit of it and we really like it, what is it in us that decides we want a lot of that? It's kind of like key lime pie. <laughs> right? How many of you like key lime pie? Good key lime pie. Key lime pie is tricky. Because some of it's not so good, but if you get a really good one, it's really good. And Bonnie, we had key lime pie a while back, and she knows I love it. She gave me a really big piece, and I was about three-quarters of the way through this key lime pie. And I was done with key lime pie. I mean, it was so rich that I just had had enough. And I thought, I wanted this so bad, but now I've had too much of it, and it's almost repulsive to me. You know what I'm talking about? It's like milk chocolate. You know, after a couple pounds, you just, you just can't eat anymore. You just can't eat anymore. We, we, we start out with good intentions, and we have just a little bit, and a little bit is good, and it's okay. See, we don't do moderation very well. Think about your life. Think about our cult. If a little bit is good, then a lot is better. And so we buy that line and we bite that hook and we go after it and we chase the wind and we have a little bit and that makes us want a lot. And so we just keep consuming and keep going. And I want God to help us today because that's why many people live with these hang-ups in their life. I love Celebrate Recovery when it talks about 
just hang-ups and issues. Not just, you know, celebrate recovery is not just about utter addiction, though it can include that. And, and every Thursday night here at Timberline, we have this thing called Celebrate Recovery. And I'd love for some of you to come who've never been to, to just talk about those hang-ups in your life. And besides the first Thursday of every month, they feed us. And so come at 530 and you'll get food. Number four, activities and projects. Solomon experiences burnout and emotional exhaustion. Now, I believe this is a big point for some of you here today. Because chasing the wind and going after more of what God intended for us to have a little bit of can create exhaustion in our lives. Look at verse 4. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds of flocks. More than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women. That's He's talking about the entertainment world. I had many beautiful concubines. I had, look at this line, I had everything a man could desire. I don't know that there's very many people on the planet that can say what Solomon said. And yet, amazingly, it doesn't bring him fulfillment. I was kind of surprised how open and honest he is to say, I've tried it all. And, and maybe he didn't know we were going to be reading his diary. You know, 3,000 years later, probably didn't. But it's not enough. It's never enough. He uses this phrase, under the sun. We talked about it last week which talks about life on this earth without God, without God reigning completely on the earth, there will be nothing ever that can bring complete satisfaction or fulfillment to our lives. And yet the drive stays in us to seek after it. The want for more, the passions that we have, that we, we, we loosen our lives, and it creates all kinds of havoc if we're not careful. Look at verse 22. After all these accomplishments, this is his, his line. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and with grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. Well, that's encouraging, isn't it? Do you know how many sleep aids we have in the world? And you may be on some of them, and I'm not here to criticize that. I'm simply telling you, why can't you sleep at night? What's going on in our lives that anxiety and stress, and we have these dreams, and it's crazy, and we wake up unrested, and it goes on. It's a cycle, and if we're not careful, we just keep putting stuff in our lives to fix this, to fix this. Well, I need another pill for this, and then I need this, and then I don't have any energy in the morning. I've got to drink one of those, whatever it is. Beer. No, I must not. Beer. I'm kidding. That probably wouldn't help. This is an this is anonymous. I wish I knew who wrote it, but it's a poem that I found. Listen to these words. 
Money will buy a bed, but not sleep. Books, but not brains. Food, but not appetite. Finery, but not beauty. A house, but not a home. Medicine, but not health. Luxuries, but not culture. Amusement, but not happiness. Religion, but not salvation. A passport to everywhere except heaven. As I read that, I just thought, man, God, please show me the stuff I'm chasing. I don't think we know it. I I, I don't think we really fully realize how much we chase the wind and it causes exhaustion in our lives. Number five, part of the answer, and this is, I love this. Solomon makes a declaration of truth right in the middle of all this negativity and the stuff that he says won't work. He just has this kind of summation right here in chapter two, and it's good news. And so I really like this part of the message. Verse 24. So I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. What a line. That's a great line. And then look at this. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from Him? God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please Him. What is He saying? He's saying there is some fulfillment in some of these simple things in life if they are connected to the source, to God. I can actually have moments of fulfillment on this earth if I have fulfillment from God. Then suddenly food and relationships and family and love and kindness and all the things that I do and the meaningfulness of even work can mean something in my life. And it can be rewarding in my life. Why? Because God is partnering with us. When you have God, you have a chance at fulfillment. Solomon understands this and he makes this statement so good so true now i put four sort of takeaways at the bottom of your notes and these aren't things i'm going to try to answer i want you to think about them things to kind of ponder on this week and i hope in your small groups you'll have some discussions about this number one is this sometimes less is more sometimes less is more Again, just think about that. Verse 17, this is what he says. So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. (laughs) How many of you have ever bought a horse? (laughs) Some of you are like, well, that's random. Yeah, it is. It's true. (laughs) I bought a horse. Yeah, I bought a horse one time. I bought, I bought several. We used to have horses, but here's, here's kind of what happens. You buy the horse, and it's really fun. It's really exciting. And, and then you realize that you have to feed the horse. And that takes, like, money and hay and grain. And then you decide you might want to try to ride the horse, and so that means you need, like, a saddle, a blanket, a bridle. And then you want to, you know, take the horse to ride it. Um, So you need a trailer. So you have to get a trailer. And then you have to build a corral because as much as you like horses running around, 
the neighborhood. Not all neighbors appreciate horses in their yards. And then you realize you have a nice trailer, but your little Volkswagen bug doesn't pull it very well. And you've got to buy one of those big trucks or something to pull the trailer. And the trailer then, you put the horse in the trailer, you hook it onto the truck, you put the saddle, you put the hay, you put... I sold my horse. <laughs> See, it's just an analogy. It's simple, isn't it? But that's what we do. And we just, if I can just have this... It's like buying a boat. I've never owned a boat, but I, I love the story. of Someone told me one time, the two happiest days in your life are the day you buy a boat and the day you sell the boat. <laughs> I, do I have some amens? <laughs> Number two. Sometimes there is more peace in simple things. The simple things in life sometimes are the most meaningful, especially if I have the God factor alive and well in my life. I'm a list maker when I study, and one of the first things I put on my list, because I said, what are the simple things in my life that I love most? And and they're not, they weren't in a priority list. It was just a list of everything I thought of. The first thing I wrote down, you know what it was? A sunset. I love sunsets. I don't know why. I just love them. And in our house, it's like, sunset, Bonnie, come and look out the window. You've got to see this. And boom, boom, boom. Hurry, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be gone, right? And it's like, there it is, there it is. Then it's gone. See, the way I'm wired, I, just, I wish I could just take the sunset and like build a barn for it and put it in there and feed it, you know, and just keep it, make it more beautiful. But no, God says, shh, gone. See you tomorrow. You know why I like sunsets so much? Because I don't have to maintain them. Think about it. There is no pressure to do anything to make it anything. All you get to do is watch it and enjoy it. You guys, we need more of that in our lives. Keep it simple. Number three, we must be careful about how we measure success. I don't know if we're going to really learn from Solomon because we all, it seems like we all have to learn the hard way. We all have to do it ourselves. We all need experiences to suffer enough to learn the lessons. But maybe there's some wisdom enough in this room that we can say, I'm going to believe what Solomon tells us. Verse 9, he says this. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me. And my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. Look at this. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. The simple things are the profound things. I have a little, a little question and a little invite for those of you who like stuff like this, because I want to ask you to, to complete a sentence and email it to me. If you go to our website, timberlinechurch.org, and go to contact us and just put to dairy from the weekend, I'll get it. Complete this sentence. Success is dot, dot, dot. You fill it in. I want to read some of those next weekend. Now, don't write a book, okay? It needs to be short. 
But success is. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about that, and I'll share them. Last thing in your outline is this. Number four, living for God, I believe with all my heart, gives you the best chance at living fulfilled. The irony of this is that even with God on this earth, until He fully reigns on the earth, even with God, we will not have eternal fulfillment. But the best chance you have to have moments that bring real fulfillment, that are meaningful and lasting in your life, are if you partner with God and you walk in obedience to Him. Solomon suffered because he tried a bunch of stuff that did not honor God. And I I think all of us have done that in our lives. We all wish we could take back a few moments. But can we just together today say, from this day forward, that's one of my favorite wedding vows, From this day forward. I can't fix what happened back there. But I know from this day forward, I can can trust God with my life to partner with Him so that I don't face these consequences. Because I'm telling you, what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas. Let's pray together. Lord, thank You for Your Word today. Thank You for these words of Solomon. Thank You for... His wisdom and Him taking the time to share these nuggets of truth with us. It's powerful. And we know that we, we come to You with great needs. We recognize that. It's powerful to us. But we know You're a God who is able to help us. So speak to us today. Even now, Lord. Show us Your ways are higher than ours. I want to pray with some folks today just about several things. And the first one that I want to pray with you about is... Some of you who are facing consequences right now from your actions, behaviors, decisions, you say, well, I I deserve it. I've I've accepted the fact that I did a dumb thing. Well, that's true. It might all be true. But hear me. This is important. God still wants to journey with you even if you've done something dumb. He wants to give you wisdom now to make the best out of it that you can. There are consequences, and you may be going to court. You may lose a relationship. You may have to pay this back. You may whatever. But God wants to be with you in that. You're not alone. And I just want to pray over some of you who would say, there's some consequences right now that I'm feeling that I need to get my head around what my response is going to be and what my attitude is going to be and how I'm going to cope as I go through this. Could you just let me pray? Hold your hand up if that's you. God bless you. It's good. Lord, you see our hands and hearts, and we just acknowledge that these are real moments, and we're going we're gonna to need you as we walk through this. We're going to need you as we walk through this. Be close to us, Lord. Secondly, I want to pray with some of you who have a tendency toward overindulgence. And moderation is not easy for you. And it might not be even sin that's trapping you it might just be too much of a good thing and you get caught up and you just you just want to live in laughter you just want to live with this or who knows what it is i won't list anything but you know that your personality type or whatever there's a tendency to overindulge and it's 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 going to cost you eventually in your health in your life in your relationships whatever it is it's going to And you just want prayer today. And you're going to give it to God. You're going to lay it in His hand and say, I acknowledge this, and I need to be careful. Give me the wisdom here to pay attention to this. Don't let me just live in denial. That's the worst thing you can do. 
Raise your hand if that's you, please. Okay, that's good. Lord, help us. Help us in a moment like this to own who we really are and to recognize that you can help us in this situation. Give us a renewed mind and show us how to to live with a little deeper accountability with the people in our lives that love us. Show us how to make that happen, I pray. Give a revelation from your spirit as to how to make this come to pass. And thirdly, I just want to pray for those of you that are tired and exhausted. It might be from chasing the wind. It might just be that your life is filled with so much stuff that that resonated with you today. And you just say, I'm exhausted. And I need the peace of God. And I need to have the wisdom of God to take some things off my plate and know what it is. I'm tired. Hold your hand up. I just want to pray over you. Lord, you see our hands. You know our schedules, our lives. And you know how sometimes these things cease to be meaningful because we're just doing it out of have to. And I just pray right now by by your spirit to come into these auditoriums and into our hearts, our lives, to refresh us, to show us you do have a plan for this. That you're not afraid of meaningful work, but that you want balance. Teach us, God, how to rest Teach us, show us how to take some things off our plate to reorganize our lives. Show us, give us insight and wisdom. Put people around us who can speak into this, Lord, so that we will not live exhausted. I thank you for it, Lord. I trust you. Lastly, I just want to give an invitation for some of you to receive Christ today. You you will never know fulfillment without him. I'm not trying to be blunt or rude, but it's just it's just a fact. It's true. And with him, you have your best chance at living fulfilled. That might sound selfish, like get Jesus so you can have fulfillment. No, it's the other way around. Fulfillment comes through Christ. If you know you're separated from God because of sin in your life, and the Holy Spirit is bringing a wonderful conviction to you today, and you just need to pray with me. I'm not going to embarrass you or have you come up here, but I want to lead you in a prayer. In the South Auditorium, you as well, I just want you to lift your hand right now if you wouldn't mind just saying, I need Christ. I'm going to pray with you that prayer. You can put them down. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. God bless you. Just pray this with me under your breath right where you are. Lord, I am convicted of my sin and thank you for loving me that much. Forgive me. By faith, I ask that. Because I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You died on that cross for my sin and you rose from the dead. And I give you my future. I accept forgiveness by faith in you. Let this day change me forever as I start a new journey. Thank you. I accept it. Lord, we pray these things in your mighty name today. Amen. Ah, way to go. You guys, thank you for being on a journey of faith, hope, and love. and. I want our prayer teams to come in both of these auditoriums here today. And if you guys would come now, if you want to pray with someone before you go about any need in your life, that's why we're up here. So please let us do that. Otherwise, tables in the mall, lots of good stuff in our community to be engaged in and involved in. And remember, the service starts now. God bless you. Go get them.